you are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Acts, Acts, the book of Acts, the, the account of the early church and the Acts of the Apostles. How many know that the book of Acts has no, uh, no ending? There's no ending. And that's because I believe that you and I are writing the rest of the book of Acts that will be written in heaven to the glory of God and Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Today, we're going to go to Acts chapter 13, and Acts chapter 13 takes a dramatic shift um, in the book of Acts where there's the rapid expansion of God's kingdom throughout the known world um, from Antioch, which was the second major center of Christianity. The first 12 chapters set the scene. Uh, why? It's the giving of the Holy Spirit the importance of prayer, um, and how God works, and, and then how it, it uh, started uh, the gospel, then came to the Gentiles, and then in the, the elders uh, received this. They put aside the privilege of race. How many know that's so important in the kingdom of God? How many know that? Put aside the privilege of the race, the ethnicity that you are, and to focus on what God has. And so we get to Acts chapter 13, and it begins the three missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. The main point this morning that I want to share with you is that God calls the church to multiply His presence everywhere. If you're online, would you just put that in the comments, and church, would you say that with me? Multiply his presence everywhere. Let's do it again. Multiply his presence everywhere. Praise God. That's the task and what you and I have been called to as his witnesses. God is a God of multiplication. Every living thing that he has created has been created to multiply. Now, how many like Maryland sweet corn? Let me ask you that. How many like that? Yes. Maryland tomatoes in the middle of the summer. Crabs. How many go there with me too? Yeah. Um, I love it all. I was listening to Boog Powell. They interviewed him the other day. Famous Baltimore Oriole baseball player. Now lives in Key West. But uh, he, he has sold literally, they say, tens of, tens of millions of sandwiches. Boog's uh, Boog Barbecue as you go into Oriole Park. How many have had one, by the way? They're really good. Yeah, they're terrific. And he was talking about Maryland and um, the Orioles and all of those things. And, and he said this, there's nothing like a Maryland tomato. Well, I'm going to tell you, as so I get deep into summer and I get into sweet corn, how many can, you're with me there, all right. 
and Maryland tomatoes and crabs. Honestly, I, sometimes I think that if heaven has a second name, it's Maryland. I believe that. And uh, I'm prophesying. That's not the way it is right now. But one day it will be Maryland, won't it, when we see him face to face. But God is a, a God of multiplication, and this is an era of sweet corn, and uh, this, just, this was picked um, yesterday afternoon. We're going to have this for lunch today, and uh, we're going to enjoy it, praise God, with uh, Maryland tomatoes and BLT sandwiches and whatever else that we have at home. Um, but how many <clears throat> know, how many would take a guess, how many kernels of corn are on this ear of corn? A hundred, okay, all right. When you say, you don't have to laugh when you say it, if you believe it. How many, how many, how many, who else would say, how many kernels of corn are on here? Take a guess. Say it out loud. Five hundred. Oh my goodness, all right. Well, how many know how many rows of corn are on every ear of sweet corn? There's 16. Now I know why I eat corn like, I eat it like a typewriter. Anyone else like me? And there's always four like squares around it. Now there's other people who eat like a beaver. How many are beaver eaters? How many are typewriter eaters? Yeah, there you go. Whatever it is, you put butter on it, right? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay, but here's the thing. This is 800, about 800 kernels of corn. And how many know what this gnarly looking piece is right here, this beard looking thing? This is called the corn tassel, it's corn silk. And believe it or not, every one of the kernels of corn has a silk that goes to it. And you know why that is? All, each one of these silks are hollow tubes. And this is what receives the pollination from what's on top of the corn. And when the wind blows, the pollen comes down and hits these tassels, these corn silk, and travels down the little tubes. And when that happens and it's fully matured, there's a kernel of corn at the end of it. Now, how many have ever opened a corn of cob and you're just, oh man, we can hardly wait, and you open that baby up and there, it's like just, it seems like half of the year of corn is just cob. How many know what I'm talking about? Just, you know what's happened? It's because somewhere, somehow, in that corn silk, those corn silks have been snatched off, or a beetle has eaten them, a corn worm is, anything that harms these little tassels means that this corn won't grow to full maturity. And I was thinking about this, and I thought, how much is this representative of our lives and the God of creation? He's made you and me. He's made his church to multiply. That's why we do missions, to multiply the Word of God. When he begins to send down, he begins to pollinate. How many want your heart to be open to what the Lord has? Not consumed with all other kinds of things, not eaten up with corn worms, beetles, you name it, but open. And when the scripture says this, that, that God, he births in his people 
what he has for them. And so I'm just grateful today that uh, I'm grateful for corn on the cob, amen? But I'm grateful that God gives us the opportunity as his church to multiply his presence everywhere. Do you realize that every, that every church you've ever attended has been because someone has said yes to the Lord? Someone has yes to the Lord. We're here because my wife and I said yes to the Lord. We're here because Pastor Earl Baldwin at Trinity Assembly of God, Trinity Life, said yes to the Lord and agreed to sponsor us to make this happen. And then grace in turn, do you know this morning there's, we said yes to Restore Church in Habit of Grace? They've had, listen, they've had some very, very unfortunate things that had happened with leadership there, but they now have a leader and a pastor and a pastoral staff. Do you know there's several hundreds of people that are meeting in, in Habit of Grace this morning? It's because Grace said yes to that. How many of you, some of you have heard of Crossroads Community Church, Pastor Troy Short, three years ago. Um, that church was down to 11 people, has nine acres, a, a really a lovely facility, nine acres, no one wanted to come, no one did come. They were playing worship tapes, God bless their heart. Uh, their worship, no musicians, they had cassette tapes. How many know cassette tapes are old school? Old school. They were discouraged, they were downtrodden, but they always gave to missions, and I, I was responsible for filling that pulpit, and I'm going to tell you, the people that sent me resumes, I said, oh Lord, don't you have anybody? I believe that God had somebody. How many, how many understand? The Lord raises up churches so they'd be filled with life and power and glory, and by and by, uh, there was a young man by the name of Pastor Troy Short. He had been a youth pastor. He was a family life pastor. He had two wonderful opportunities to go, one to Maine, one to Texas, churches thriving, about 200. And we arranged for Troy to come. I, I didn't have him come on a Sunday because I wouldn't discourage him with 11 people. But, so I had him come, and we walked around that. We walked in that building, and he sat down on the front row, and I said, Troy, what do you think? And he said, Pastor Paul, and tears are coming down his eyes. He said, if, if, if the congregation will have us, I believe God wants us here. And I'm going, are you serious? If they have you, and God put that together, listen, there's about 100 people now associated with with that church. Can someone say praise the Lord? Last Sunday, they baptized eight new converts to the glory of Jesus Christ. Can you say praise the Lord? Yes. <laughs> praise God. Yeah. So we plant churches and we do missions to expand the kingdom of God. The church plants churches because it establishes another community of Christ followers who faithfully witness Jesus to the community. And we experience the blessing and the favor of God when we enter into his mission. But we cease to receive God's blessing when, when God's mission no longer seizes the church or seizes our life. 
Henry Newbegin says that when the church becomes an introverted body, concerned with its own welfare, rather than the kingdom of God, it loses its very life. But I'm so glad that we could be part of God's mission. How about you? And Grace, I just want to say thank you. Pastor Bobby mentioned the mission board out there. It has like 25 different missionaries. Uh, we can't put them all on at one time. We actually have close to 60 different missionaries. Can you say praise God? Praise the Lord. And we support them as a minimum of $100 a month. There's many now at $200 a month. We praise God. I, this past week in Highland Town, Pastor Brad Dickey called me, and he has that church. I've preached in that church, and it didn't look there was much, much left there either, but Brad is there. He's heading up Teen Challenge. He's heading up, I think it's Hope for the City. He's pastoring the church. He's literally in the gates of hell, in the, he's in the gates of hell, and you and I are part of that, and they're winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ and bringing hope there. Praise God. That's why we do that. Praise his name. So the first biblical reason that we see in the scripture, we do missions because God is a missionary God. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And would you, would you say with me, church, and, and would you put on... Uh, on, in the comments, if you're online this morning, I am with you always. Say that with me. I am with you always. I am with you always. Now, how many know that's a pretty big brush? Always. Is there any way that doesn't, that doesn't fit under always? Always he is with us, even to the end of the age. God is a missionary God. People are God's treasure. There's treasure. That cantankerous neighbor of yours, maybe even that ugly neighbor that's ugly toward you, is God's treasure. Your children, your grandchildren, your family, they're God's treasure. When we pray, we pray for their salvation we're not just praying out of our deep, our deep burden for them. But we're praying the heart of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. We plant churches, yes, because God is a missionary God. There are 10,000 churches per year in the United States that are now closing. 10,000 per year. The existing churches can't keep up. The ethnicity of America is rapidly changing. It, it will not be very much longer than, than, ethn, than ethnicities will be the majority in the United States. And church, I'm so grateful today for different ethnicities that are in the house of God here at Grace, but we must remember always 
that it's imperative that we give up our privilege of race. How many hear what I'm saying? So that all could hear. That's what the early church had to do. That's what the elders decided that they would do. The changing ethnicities, the youth of America, because also, and the rapid cultural changes, the most effective way to evangelize and make disciples, the statistics show, is to plant a new church and to go out in missions to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's important for grace that we know that we are the planting of the Lord. Isaiah 61, you can read it there. The, the, the Lord said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty the captives, to grant beauty for ashes. And he said that you may be the planting of the Lord, the oaks of righteousness. And I'm so grateful for you because you have said yes so many times when it comes to missions, yes to Gen Now, yes to uh, different things that, uh, that have to do with church planting. I was reminded, someone reminded me that Pastor Rob Seegears come out of this church. We said yes to him and his calling. He's now the director of church planting for the Potomac uh, Ministry Network. We praise God. Pastor Bill Chamberlain came out of this church. He went to Annapolis when they had to close that thing up. But I'm glad there was a place called Grace, how about you, that said, we'll, yes, we will do it. We'll take this project on. And amazingly enough, uh, Bill has talked with me many, many times. We've prayed. We're deep friends. He's gone through some difficult times. I said, Bill, I, I, I believe this is a word of prophecy to you that you are going to plant a deep stake for the gospel in Annapolis. Now the Lord has just called Bill on, but guess who the interim pastor is? His name is Gary Kellner. Does anyone know Gary Kellner? Gary Kellner's from Bel Air. Gary Kellner's parents were in real estate. Gary Kellner's parents, Gary Kellner himself, way back in the day, he's my age, he did park tests on this property now called Grace Assembly of God. He used to go to Bel Air Assembly of God as a kid grown up. Do you see the circle here? Someone said yes, and now he's come. He's down at the Bridge Church in Annapolis, Maryland, and I believe he's going to take that place to what God has knew for them because he said yes to the Lord. God has made us his agents, his missionaries. His plan of redemption remains the same for the generations. Jesus quoted Isaiah 56. He said that my house would be a house of prayer for all nations, all ethnicities. When we say yes to the Lord, we enter into God's plan for the world, into his favor, into his grace. The good news is also God gives this church authority. He gives this church authority. I do recall when the Lord spoke to me, uh, I answered rather quickly. It took my wife, Chris, a little longer. Um, thank God. That's counting the cost. How many know God uses couples together just to process everything? Yes. But almost everyone I talked with said, you, you, you don't do that. You can't plant a church. Listen, 
I'm a contrarian by nature. I've tried to consecrate that to the Lord. When God, when God says something to me, don't tell me that he doesn't want it done. Don't, don't say that. It's not a grudge between you and me. That's not what it's about. But if you speak the words out of your mouth of discouragement or jealousy or bitterness or anger or you're just plain greedy, that has no place in the kingdom of God. Am I being perfectly clear? And so when God speaks something to our heart, you see, faith and fear provoke the same emotions in us. How many are aware of that? God speaks to your heart. Faith, the, the first thing that will come, if, if, if it's fear, you say, oh God, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't do that because what if? What faith says, it says, oh Lord, are you serious? Are you asking me? What if? But when we look to the Lord, when we look to him, I'm going to, listen, the winds of heaven start pollinating. How many hear what I'm saying? That corn silk, you let that be open. You'll be surprised what God will stir your heart, what God will stir your soul for. Because remember, church, he's bigger than what we know and believe that he is. Praise his name. And the wonderful promise I want to encourage you today is that Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. If God asks you, ask, is asking you to do something, or when he does, if he asks you to witness to somebody, and God puts them on your heart, I want you to know, I understand fear, I, I understand what, you know, what they might think, but friend, God will be with you. Isaiah 41 says, uh, 9 and 10 says, I, I have chosen you as my beloved servant. I am with you. When you go through the difficult places, my hand will hold you up and my righteousness will hold you up. That's the promise of the Lord when God asks us to do something in his name. The second reason that we plant churches is it's the natural fruit of aligning our heart with his heart. Acts 13, verse number 2 and 4. While they were ministering to the Lord. Well, who was that? It was, it was a number of people. Verse 1, there at Antioch. Paul was there. Barnabas. Uh, and, and even Herod the Tetrarch. Now, this is an amazing thing. Herod the Tetrarch was the grandson of Herod the Great. Anyone ever hear of Herod the Great? He's the big dog. Yes, the big dog. But this, this man was raised, he was the grandson of Herod the Great, but he had a friend, and the friend's name was Manaem, a friend who was a believer in Jesus Christ, and the next thing you know, this man shows up. God did a work of transformation in his life. And he shows up as one of the, the leaders in the church at Antioch. Can someone say praise God? Yeah. And so while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. 
Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and there they sailed to Cyprus. When they got to Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of the Lord. What happens here is that the early church and these apostles that are named, the leaders, they flipped the script. They flipped the script. You say, Pastor Paul, what do you mean by that? The Bible says they were ministering to the Lord. And it's wonderful that we can come to the Lord with our every need. How many of you, you come to the Lord? You've come this morning, some type of need. And you're encouraged. You're encouraged by the fellowship. You're encouraged by the worship. You're encouraged by the word of God. But, <clears throat> but we can't live in a constant state of continual need and never see the victory in Jesus Christ. God has created you and me to minister to the Lord, to flip the script. Now, how can we minister to God who has all power, all knowledge, and is present everywhere? How can you and I minister to the Lord? Well, it said they were worshiping him. So this morning, how many know that you were ministering to the Lord? Just raise your hand if you know that. He, it says he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise God. Imagine. And imagine, we begin to speak the words from our mouth, I love you, Lord, I lift you up, I thank you, Jesus, God, you're great, you're awesome, you're terrific, whatever words you, but that is ministering to the Lord. That opens, that opens the corn silk of our heart, praise God. And when we do that, he begins to pollinate, you see, when we, when we flip the script, can someone say Amen. When we flip the script, when we flip the script and we minister to the Lord, God begins to download his faith, his idea, what he has for us, what he has for us as individuals, what he has for us as a church, and it always includes the multiplication of the kingdom of God, praise his name. And when he downloads his faith in our heart because we flip the script and we minister to the Lord, the, the word of the Lord says this. It said in Second Chronicles, it said this about King Asa uh, 16.9, For the eyes of the Lord through, roam throughout the earth so that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Can someone say amen this morning? A heart that is completely his church, that's what he calls us to. The favor of God rests when we enter into his mission. It's like an arrow, a bow and arrow. How many have ever shot a bow and arrow? You know what I'm, yeah. And I, I've, sh yes. It's an arrow, string, you pull it back has a straight arrow, and it has feathers on it. Anyone know what the feathers are for? There's a reason for those feathers. When we were kids, we got inspired, and so we thought we'd make our own bow and arrows. We'd get a, a limb out of the woods. How many are tracking with you? Ever tried that? Get a string, and then you'd get, try to get a straight branch, and you'd 
pull that thing back and it'd fly. It never hit the target. When you get a, a real bow and arrow, the arrows are straight, but those feathers, they're, they're supposed to perfectly align with, with the arrow so that when you pull back and you release that, if you're good and steady, you release it, that arrow will go where you aim that thing. If you aim it at the bullseye, that's where it's going to go. But if, you're, if you don't have the fletching on those arrows, in other words, the heart after God, or if your heart is for something else other than for the Lord, and we pull this back and we try to hit the bullseye of life, you can, you can have the best bow and arrow that money can buy, but that arrow will not go where you want it to go because it goes where its values are. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? But when our heart is aligned with the Lord, it means that missions, church planting is a spiritual undertaking, worshiping, fasting, commissioning. And the encouraging thing is that the early church, verse 52, we'll read this, it says this, and the disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. God wants us to know that we serve a God of overflow. Would you say with me, overflow? Overflow. Please put that in the comments. Overflow. And I want to ask a question, and I ask it to myself first. Am I living in God's overflow? Am I living? Is, is my life filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit? Is it filled with his overflow in my life? The third thing, and we're going to bring the house lights down, we plant churches to fulfill the purposes of God in our generation. Acts 13, 36, 47, 49. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers and underwent decay. Now, uh, I want to, uh, if you have a cell phone here, just pull it out and you know how to use the flashlight function. Don't use it right yet, but I'm going to ask you to participate in something in just a little bit. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the whole region. Praise God. Church, God has no grandchildren. We're one generation away from the gospel not being passed on. You and I, God has called us to pass on and be the witness in our families, to our neighbors, where we work. We're a link in the chain where part, Jesus is the light of the world, but he tells us in Matthew 5, 
not to hide our light of witness. God sends his church into the world for his purposes. And God in his wisdom, his knowledge, and in the mystery of God, God leaves Satan to test the fidelity of each succeeding generation of his covenant people. Fidelity means their love of, their loyalty, their trust in the Lord. This morning we thank God for how God has used us. We praise God. Just a moment, I'm going to call Pastor Josh up, but Grace and Espanol will be uh, launched on September 11th. Later on in this November, we'll be, we'll be partnering with the church in Majorca to see that, that that building, that gospel center in a city where only 1% of the people know Jesus Christ, that it's, it's completed. We thank God for that, but our task is not finished. You see, we dare not measure our success by what is in the barn, but by what remains in the field. It's wonderful to have a lot of people, and we rejoice because I believe that's a good sign, but we can't measure our success and say we're successful because the church is filled, we look at what remains in the field and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want us to do? It requires our obedience. I'm going to ask Pastor Josh if he'd come and next week, Josh, Yes, welcome. Could you give Josh a hand? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So next week you have a practice service at Grace and Espanol. Yes, we do. Yeah, yes. very exciting. Yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You're like too excited. Yes. <laughs> Josh has stood in so admirably for, it's been a year leading worship and other things, and uh, I, I think you feel like your burdens rolled away. <laughs> so, I'm teasing with you. You're about to get a real burden, huh? <laughs> but you're up to it. You're up to it. But Josh, some might say, well, we, we're going to miss him. Why, why does he have to do that? We, we, we sing the songs in Spanish, some of the lines anyway. So why? Except for Joe. Joe didn't lead us in Spanish. We've got to teach him Spanish, right? <laughs> yes. But some would say, well, why do that? You, you can be here and have earbuds in your ears, and we sing a few songs in Spanish. You have a prayer meeting on Wednesday night in Spanish, but why plant a church for in Spanish language? I just believe, like what we talked about today, the most effective, powerful way of making disciples, reaching the unreached, is to plant a church that will reach the people that we want to engage. Yes. And we're so excited that the heart of grace has always been a heart of the Great Commission. 
yeah. to go and make disciples. And just thank you all for all that part and that part yes. that we carry. Yes, we're really proud of you. I want you to know that. Um, there's been a lot of work done over there, and uh, it's, it's not, uh, we still got a few things to do. We're going to, just so you know, on the, on the September 4th, we're going to receive an offering so we can wrap up the loose ends. Uh, I believe it'll be a generous offering, but we're going to commission you on the 4th, you and Grace and Espanol, as you go over there, and um, we, we don't want you to go. Our hearts say we don't want you to go. Um, but we're proud of you. We believe this is of the Lord. And uh, we believe that many people are going to come to salvation in Jesus Christ because there's a place that flips the script in their own language and ministers to the Lord and is a witness of Jesus Christ. And we thank God for it. Yeah, we love you. Praise God. Too. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Just Praise stay, God. <laughs> yeah, just stay right here. Amen. God bless you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to have the staff come up at this time, if they would. There's a, something we're going to ask you all to participate in. And um, I remember, Josh, when we got started, I said, Josh, th this is going to be an extreme makeover. We've taken out, I think, five of the largest dumpsters you could get, <laughs> stripping down the walls. I mean, stripping the ceilings out. I mean, it was new bathrooms, new ceilings, new insulation. I mean, you name it, we did it. And I said, Josh, since you're going to plant this church, uh, you need to be here uh, leading the way. And you said, well, I I don't know how to do carpentry, and I don't, but you said, I'm willing to learn. How many love that? I'm willing to learn. So, yes. Yeah. So, we couldn't turn you into a carpenter. Yeah. But you did staple insulation in. I did, you did, didn't yes. you? Yeah, because someone say, that away, Josh. Yeah. And you were willing, and we thank God for it. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, we're going to have you stand right here. And Our staff is going to, each one is going to have sparklers, and it represents passing the light on, passing that light on, an unbroken chain, the light of the gospel. Everything that God does is ultimately to bring men and women, boys and girls, into community of followers of Jesus Christ so they can know him and be his witnesses. Amen. Now, there's a gap. Who's going to do this? <laughs> Is there someone who will volunteer? We don't want it to stop. All right, yeah. We say yes, yay for Ryder. Yeah, yes. How many are seeing Advent candle? How many relive this? Oh, yeah, no. We're going to get it, yeah. 
have to put it on top. Of it. It's going to happen. Someone speak it out. And the <laughs> All right, we can get one. I know we can do this thing. Yeah. All right. Where's that lighter? Yeah, let me see this. I'm sorry. Never say never. It's just I'm wired this way. Let's try it. Now this thing doesn't want to work. It's not happening. All right. There we go. Let's see if we can... I'm telling you, we're letting the beetles eat up this, the corn silk. So, there we go. Yeah. Oh, my. Someone say praise God. Yeah. 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 All right. Stand in the gap. Yes. Cast that light. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's it. How many are grateful for God's grace? He bears with us. He's with us always, even when the sparklers don't work. Yeah. Now, what I, what I want you to do, get your flashlights out. Don't, don't start them up yet. But we're going to start, and each one, Samuel, we're going to need the microphone, and we're going to speak out who we represent. I represent college and young adults. Represent the nations, the tribes, the tongues, and every ethnicity here in this nation. I represent the children and the youth of this nation. Uh, I represent world uh, missions, U.S. missions, and local missions. And I represent foster care communities and families. Yes. yes. And I stand here today for the 60-plus million Americans that are 65 years of age and older. Some call them the forgotten generation. I'm telling you, we've just refired, and we praise God for it. We have a lot to do. Would you say yes to the Lord with me? If you are willing, would you please stand? Would you light the night with your flashlight, okay? And if you would, just hold it up and sort of twist it around so everyone can see. Point it back at the camera so they can see. Say, yes, yes, I'm willing. Our church is willing. We're going to light the night for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise his name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise his name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for you, and then, Joe, I want you to lead us. Will the prayer teams come right now today? The prayer teams are coming. If you want prayer, they're here to pray with you with whatever you need. If today is your day of salvation, God has just tugged at your heart, and you want to be part of a community of Christ followers to give your life to the Lord, you come, and they'll pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, we rejoice. Lord, that we can serve you 
and we can fulfill the purposes of God in our generation. We commit ourselves to this, Lord, to serving you with no reserve, no regrets, no retreat, till the knowledge of the Lord fills the earth as the water covers the sea. In Jesus' strong name, we praise these things. Amen.